When you become a widow, the heartache can be overwhelming. You feel lost, you feel broken, you feel alone, and sometimes you feel like the pain will never go away. I believe that every widow has the capacity to endure, the power to overcome, and the determination to create a new life filled with meaning and purpose. That's why I wanted to create a show called Widow 180. People tell me they come here for the positivity. They listen to Widow 180, the podcast, to be inspired. They come to Widow 180 to be reminded that they have options, that the pain of loss is not a life sentence. Widow 180 is about turning tragedy, loss, and fear into strength, creativity, and a new passion for life. My mission each week is to arm you with these powerful stories of transformation and knowledge so that you can navigate life after loss. I'm Jen Zwink. I'm so glad you're listening. Let's get to the episode. This episode is sponsored by the Widow Squad membership community, a community that gives you the resources, inspiration, and camaraderie to help widows move through grief and create the life that they deserve. This is an online membership where we bring together widows for support and encouragement to grow, learn, and share so that they can create life on their own terms. In this group, you will have access to our full content library, monthly workshops, guest speakers, exclusive resources, special events, and so much more. If you're feeling lost, if you're feeling alone, this is the place for you. Sign up and get more information at widowsquad.com. That's widowsquad.com. And we'll see you on the inside. Hello, listeners. We have a lovely guest today on the podcast, and I'm so excited for this. This is Joanne Funch, who is also a widow, and she works with an organization called Wings for Widows. I heard about this organization just recently, and I'm really excited to have Joanne come on today, uh, not just to share her widow story, but also tell us about this incredible organization that helps widows and how she's involved in it. So thank you so much, Joanne, for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm delighted. I know. I'm so awesome. I'm so excited to talk about this, this awesome organization and have our listeners hear about it. But before we do that, um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your widow story and tell us what happened with you, with Alan, and how you became a widow. Yeah, happy to do that. Uh, my husband passed away in 2005, so it's been quite a few years for me. Uh, he um, suffered a head trauma from an accident and passed away after being in the hospital for a week. Oh, no. So, I mean, it was life changing for sure because it all happened so fast. Yes. So sudden. And you said that was 2005? Yes. Okay. And so you had told me that you owned a business with your husband um, prior to that, during that time, right? Like you guys were in business together. Yes. So you had to continue running the business now on your own. Um, How was that for you trying to juggle grief and running a business? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because... uh, 
anybody who's been in this situation can relate. I feel like I never really had any downtime to grieve. I had to keep going. So not only was I running our business, which was our sole income, I was, you know, managing the house and all of the stuff that goes along with it. And, and it was challenging. I'll tell you, uh, I was, there had a, there were a lot of balls in the air all the time. Yeah. And that was really hard. I, we didn't have a lot of employees and a lot of the responsibility of our business was on myself and my husband. And so now you're faced with grieving this loss and you continue to, now I was handling two roles. So um, it was super challenging for sure. Yeah. And I guess you had to, well, like you said, you really couldn't grieve. You were just trying to compartmentalize things to just get through the day, right? Like, Exactly. You know, I, I mean, we all have responsibilities in life and, you know, for, for those women who've lost their spouse, oftentimes their spouse typically tends to be um, the bigger breadwinner. Well, in my case, you know, we both own the business and although we did different responsibilities all of a sudden the entire running of this business was left on my shoulders. And so you, I just learned to adapt. I learned to do whatever I needed to do to, you know, we had a business, we had customers. So because my life fell apart, um, it was interesting. You make a decision in the moment to, you know, work with the customers you had, are you going to drop that? Or are you going to continue to service the customers who in turn are driving your income? And it was interesting. A lot of my customers didn't even know initially that Alan had passed away. I, I chose not to make that blanket announcement to, you know, my customers and my suppliers, it just didn't seem like that was the best course of action. So, you know, depending on who the customer was, you know, I would, I didn't, I just didn't share it with everybody, I guess was my point in time. Um, But uh, my goal was that I needed to keep the business running. Yes. Which you did. Yes. And did you, you had kids? One, yes. One kid, okay. And how old was? At the time, she was 15. She was 15, okay. Wow, that's rough. Yeah, for sure (laughs) it was. Yeah. So Um, it was a lot of of juggling of a lot of things. And, you know, there's widows listening to this. I know they can relate to this conversation for sure because we all have balls to juggle. Yeah, I know. And there's a lot of our listeners who are in that same situation where they now have to take over a business. And I know that's extremely stressful and there's so much pressure on you. And on top of that, you're trying to juggle everything and take care of the kids. But so what advice can you give those widows who are feeling that pressure in that situation? 
in terms of a business? Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, um, if you don't have good business advice, get some. Mm. Uh, because I think um, everybody's situation obviously is different and the size and type of your business. Mm. Uh, um, but to me, that's critical is to have the right team in place. And when I say team in a business, you know, that's that's your accountants, your financial advisors. I mean, it's all of the people that really pay, play an integral part of your business. And I think having that team in place and 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 looking at it as, you know, these are the people that can help me. And really turning to them to, in fact, help you make decisions. So in my case, you know, all the decisions were made in a partnership with myself and my husband. Now, you know, sometimes I've talked to other widows who weren't involved in their husband's business and they passed away and they're trying to make decisions about a business they don't know very much about. So in my case... I mean, I was a partner in this business, right. so I knew, I knew everything about it. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you weren't part of that business, I think to get some immediate business advice um, so you can make some sound decisions about selling that business, the worth of that business. Uh, do you want to be involved in that business? Do you want to hire people? I mean, there's so many decisions to make. Yeah. So I think my advice in this long answer, Jen, is, you know, really get a good team of people on your side right. to help you make the decision. I know, because it's a completely different situation if you were not involved at all in that business in the first place. And then you have to step in and take over that role. And that's your income. If that's been your income the whole time, you know, nobody else is going to do it. You exactly. have to step in and do it. And, you know, there's so many um, components to a situation like this, too. You know, did the spouse have, you know, life insurance? Mm-hmm. Um, if the husband was in the business, did he have key man insurance? I mean, there's so many interesting variables that come into play. So again, to me, it goes back to getting some really good advice at the beginning yes. so you can make an informed decision versus an emotional decision. Yes. That's really key. Because I've definitely talked to widows who feel like an obligation to continue the business, even though their heart isn't a hundred percent in it, you know, it's not something that they love to do, but they feel obligated to do it because that was his love, you know? So there's a lot of emotions in it as well. Like you said. Exactly. And to me, (laughs) you have to take the emotion out of the equation. And that's when it comes down to having good, smart advisors you trust so they can help you make uh, a more logical database decision versus an emotional decision. Yes. Okay. So I want to get back to your story. Um, So you told me that you were living in California at the time. Uh, You didn't have any family around you there. 
right? It was just, you had a, a friend network. Yes. So how long had you been living in California? I had been there for 25 years. Oh, okay. Long yeah, time. Long time. Yeah. Long time. So you had a, a good support system with friends. Um, I did. Neither of us had family there. <clears throat> okay. So what do you feel like, um, I know you said your daughter was 15, but what do you feel like, uh, you know, your biggest struggle as a solo mom was on that kind of part of it? You know, I, I, I think it just kind of goes back to juggling all the balls. You know, it, it isn't, it isn't just the one thing about being a parent. It's still all of those balls you're juggling. And so, you know, you still, at the end of the day, like, right, I mean, your children are still in school, you have to drive them there, or you have to take them to practices, that stuff doesn't stop. So it's, it's, again, it's learning to juggle all those balls. I know. It's just, that's the biggest struggle. It is. I mean, you've got the business and then you have to pick up you know after cheerleading practice or whatever like i mean it's just everything right it is just everything combined so when did you decide to move I would like to invite you to get our latest freebie designed just for you. How to get your life back together after loss, a 10-step checklist. After countless hours of research, interviewing hundreds of widows, and through my own experience with grief, I have compiled this list of the 10 steps you need to take to put your life back together after losing a loved one. It's normal to feel overwhelmed and also normal to not know where to start when it comes to picking up the pieces of your shattered world. Here's where you start. You can get this free 10-step checklist at www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. It was two years Mm. after my husband's death. I, you know, I kept the business going for two years, my house, all of the all of the stuff I'm talking about juggling, you know, I kept it all running for two years and a long time. Um, it was, and you know, you, you oftentimes will hear advice from people, you know, not to make a decision in the first two years. And I'm not so sure that I even thought about that then it's just kind of how the timing worked out. It took about two years for me to work through and get clarity on the now what. Mm. And uh, so my now what, my de- the decisions I ended up making was that I, first of all, it was very expensive and I felt like I was writing more checks to people than, uh, and how long was it going to last? No, it did last for several years, but I think I couldn't last. I couldn't last at that pace of continuing to run the business and and all of that. And so I made the decision that I wanted to move back to my hometown where I had more support 
And I mean, it was a culmination of things. It wasn't just the support piece. It was economically, it made better sense for me. It, it, and because economically it made better sense, kind of allowed me to breathe. Yeah. And that was really the point that I came to was I just need some downtime. And I never really had that prior to that because I had so many obligations. I think, I mean, you make a good point about, we talk a lot on the podcast about making these really tough decisions. And when you're weighing things out, like what is best for me? And when you can put yourself in a future situation and you know already how good that's going to feel. I mean, the less stress from financially, and you have that support from your family, if you move back to, you know, Minnesota. So, you know, you had these things kind of lined up that were pointing you in that direction. (laughs) For sure. And there are a lot of pros and cons to that. I will tell you that. I mean, there's no perfect answer. I I mean, I, you know, picked up my life and moved 1500 miles and had had to start my entire life over. And that in it of itself, regardless of the support, that was a big decision. Yeah. You know, I had an I had a nice life. I had a lot of friends. I had a good network. And I was kind of going back to an unknown. I had no job. I had no business friends. I ended up closing my business. And so I, I was started my life over and I was 49 years old. So, you know, a lot of the younger um, widows can relate to that. You really are starting your life over. Yes. So let's talk about your decision to, um, you know, how you were going to get out of the business and how that played out for you. Yeah, it didn't turn out how I really wanted it to, but interest. And I say that because. My business had a lot of value, financial value. Um, And I did, at the time, I I didn't have all of those individual resources that I mentioned at hand. So, for example, uh, you know, I did talk to a couple of people about selling my business and could they help me you know, appraise and sell my business. And that became a bigger deal than, than I eventually was able to handle. Uh, I had a really good vendor who actually helped me through a lot of ups and downs of my business. And I really tried to sell it to him. Mm -hmm. And in the end, he, he bought some of my equipment and decided he didn't want to buy the business. So I ended up just closing it because of the fact I sold my house really fast. Oh, okay. And I didn't think that was going to happen. And all of a sudden I was faced with a lot of decisions in a really short period of time. And I kind of ran out of time is what happened. Ah, yeah. So I, the decision I made was I just need to close this business, not look back and know that I made the best decision at that moment. 
Yes. So anyone, I would tell you, yes, these are hard decisions, but just know that every moment changes. And so you're making the best decision you can in that moment. Would you have changed something? Probably. So true. Yeah. No. But we always don't, we don't always have that luxury. I didn't. And so I just had to let it go. I just <laughs> right, had to right. learn to let it go. So where did you move to? Tell everyone where, where you moved to. I moved to my hometown of Minneapolis, okay. um, where I was born and raised. And you know, had family and lifelong friends. And so I had a network to go back to. Did you buy a house? I bought a house uh, right away, actually. Um, I actually bought a house, flew back to California, finalized everything I needed to do there. um, And I paid for my own relocation and had a house to move into, not immediately, but fairly soon after I got back here. Wow. Wow. So many changes. So how, tell us how was it selling your house in California? Like how, how, I guess, how how long did it take you to go through things and just the emotional part of it? Yeah. Well, here again, um, first of all, I, I will say, um, people showed up in my life that I look back and I'm like, if you don't have faith, I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Cause I had a lot of faith that the right people were going to show up and they did. It was amazing from, from uh, help to run my business to a neighbor of mine was a real estate appraiser and a good friend of his was a realtor. And this realtor came over and said, Joanne, I'm going to help you sell your house for nothing no fees. What? Yeah. And he said, I'm going to um, take all of the phone calls. So people aren't bugging you. Oh and my God. Wow. He did. And the, and then he ended up selling my house like in 10 days. Oh my God. <laughs> so then I had to really hustle. You know, I, I, I mean, I may, I just didn't think it would go that quick. No. Um, It was at the time when the market was downturning and, and uh, anyway, uh, so I was forced really into getting, cleaning out that house way faster than I would have liked. But okay. it was just the decision I made. And so I had to move on it. Yeah, I had a lot of help. Um, I, you know, one of the biggest lessons I learned through my whole situation is you have got to ask for help. Yeah, And for me, that was hard. But, you know, over those two years, I really... Um, you know, let go of my pride and that I could do it. Yeah. And I I just learned to ask for help. And so I had a lot of help 
going through everything in the house, selling things, you know, getting rid of things. And that it was a big job. Yeah, it is. Especially if, I mean, you were there for 25 years. Yeah. Did you keep a lot of stuff of his stuff and move it across the country or. Um... Um, first of all, I'm not really a stuff person. So getting rid of things isn't that hard for me. Uh, I don't collect a lot of stuff. Um, things that were important to me, you know, memory-wise, I kept. But, you know, I'm not going to hang on to a piece of furniture because it reminded me of, I'm just not that way. Right. So, and I know it's different for everyone. Yep. Uh, you know, do I have any regrets? Yeah, I have a few, but you just got to let stuff go. It's just yeah. stuff. You know, you can keep memories forever. But well, what were some of the things that you wish you would have kept of his? Well, one example uh, that comes to mind is my husband was a really great dresser. <laughs> And he had fabulous ties. And people used to always compliment him on his ties, even men. Yeah. men <laughs> would, you know, which is, sounds goofy, but, you know, men would say, like, that like, is the nice sharpest tie. <laughs> and so I, I ended up um, giving his ties to men that, I knew always appreciated that about him, but I never kept one myself. Uh, looking back, I think, why didn't I do that? I right. Know. Just a couple. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so you, you ended up moving back to Minneapolis, and then you told me that you just sat on your patio for a month, <laughs> right? <laughs> or a yeah. very long time. Because uh, you needed to finally give yourself that time to grieve. It was catching up with you. You like you just kept putting it off and putting it off, and you were like, "Okay, now is my yeah. time." Yeah. Um. What I love what you said uh, when we talked the other day. You said you you sat, you became an observer of my own thoughts, which yeah. I love that. I feel like I did that too. Um, yeah. I just really had to sit and allow those thoughts to just go and go and go. And you're just kind of standing on the side, watching those th thoughts happen. It's exactly like you said, you're an observer. And I think that's a really important part of the grieving process, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it was for me for sure, because prior to that, I didn't really have the time. Right. Yeah. Right. So you finally got those the couple of months to relax a little bit. So I didn't know what I was going to do next. Right. I, I didn't. I didn't know what my my next move in life was going to be, so to speak. You know, I I didn't know if I wanted to find a job. I didn't know if I wanted to start business again. I didn't mm. know anything. And. I needed that time and space to just do nothing. Right. 
you kind of make space in your brain that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when did you take off your wedding ring? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe a year. Somewhere in the first About year. About a year? Okay. Somewhere in the first year. <clears throat> there wasn't like a big to do about it. Like I'm going to wait until exactly a year, you know, some, no. Okay. No. <laughs> um, Not for me, it wasn't. No. Well, tell us, okay. So tell us how you got involved with Wings for Widows and how that started with you. Yeah. I, I have been on the board of Wings for Widows for about four years. I, you know, yeah, four going on five years. Um, I was introduced to them from a woman I had met in Minneapolis who was a widow also. And she had told me about their mission. And I really thought it was important what they were endeavoring to do for the widowed community. And so I went to a few meetings with her and then eventually they asked me if I wanted to serve on the board and I decided to do that. Um, you know, the, the mission of Wings for Widows is very unique in terms of we just simply provide financial coaching or wellness coaching, we like to call it, um, to help the newly widowed move forward in their life with more confidence and just more hope and help them with decisions. And, and I, it resonated with me because looking back at my own situation, I wish they had been around when I was trying to decide about selling this business and, you know, how much money did I have? And, uh, you know, I was kind of navigating all of that by myself. And I had a financial planner, but it was, it all felt so PC, you know, yeah. where Wings for Widows, you, if you come to us, and by the way, we serve widowers also, not just widows. Oh, okay. Okay. We get that question all the time. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, this, I, why I joined is because I wished I had been treated the same way we treat widowed people. Mm -hmm. you know, we, uh, they're assigned a, a certified financial planner who, you know, goes through every bit of their financial picture with them and helps them think through the things they can't think through. Yeah. And we'll ask any widowed person, you know, about the brain fog and they can't think through. It's hard to make good decisions Yeah, uh, when you're in this situation. And so having this coach on your side to help you think it through mm -hmm. um, would have been invaluable to me. And, and yeah, so the other thing is I, I always talk about is finding someone you can trust right? And here you guys, I mean, this is what you do. You work with widows. So you, you automatically have that trust factor. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's, 
there are lots of wonderful organizations to support uh, widowed people, yourself included. But but there isn't anyone that is is as specific as we are, and everything we do costs our widows nothing. There's no fee to them. Um, everything is very private. If you already have a financial planner, that's fine. We can probably mm-hmm. still help you with things they don't know. And, you know, as you know, being widowed, there's a lot of things you kind of learn by accident, depending on what the situation was of the death of your spouse, Um, that all of our certified financial planners go through a training. And in terms of we train them on all of the details of something that a widowed person might need to know. And so you combine that with their experience of being a a certified financial planner, they can help you navigate anything in your financial picture, whether it's a hospital bill, do I pay this? Or, you know, am I going to have enough money to survive the next five years? Yeah. And so I, that's why I have been so passionate about Wings for Widows because, you know, finances are things we just, we don't talk about enough or we're embarrassed or somebody else thinks they have all the answers. Like you might have a, another parent or a sibling. Oh, I can help you through that. Oh, yeah. But do they really know? I don't think so. No. You go, I know you go back to that, uh, what you just said about being embarrassed and it, if you, you know, you have the, the widow brain thing happening and you cannot think straight. And if you're sitting there in front of a financial planner and you are embarrassed about asking the wrong questions or saying something twice or asking them to repeat themselves because you didn't understand it. I know that was, that was me. A lot of the times I was like, I don't want to ask again because I know they just said it, but it's not registering in my head. (laughs) No, There's that too. You know, like if they, this is a group that works with widows. So they understand your widow brain. They get it. (laughs) You can ask them the same question twice. Right. Exactly. And you know, we're, they're all trained to be empathetic and yeah. to listen and to be non-judgmental and but they really can help you avoid any legal problems, bad decisions you might make. Uh, they really help prepare you for financial emergencies. Oh, nice. They help to um, look at your current situation. Uh, and evaluate and help you make decisions. Am I going to have enough money? Am I credit worthy? Mm. Oh, there's so many ways in which our financial coaches really help that. And they really bring down the anxiety level. Yes. And That's big. How do, you, how do you put a price on that? That is big. Yeah. Yeah. So you're based in Minneapolis, but you don't have to be in Minneapolis. Okay. Okay. 
Nope. We have been <laughs> serving widows nationwide. We have certified financial planners in many states throughout the United States. And one thing I will say that, you know, COVID did is it forced all of us online. So, mm. you know, people are used to that. I mean, you and I are on Zoom right now. Yeah. Uh, our financial coaches can meet with anyone anywhere just via Zoom. Awesome. So it's easy. It is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's easy. What does a widow need to do um, to, to get help from you? And I, we'll get all of the information and how they can get in yeah. touch with you. But is there there is kind of a process they have to fill out some information and things like that, right? Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. Okay. You know, if you go to our website, wingsforwidows.org, we have a financial wellness check that you can take right on our website. Uh, you can, so you'll fill out a contact form and then we reach out to you and we want to talk to you and then we will assign a coach to work with you. If you decide, you know, yes, I, I'm willing to accept your help. And that's a big part of it. You know, widowed people will come to us. Well, they're not really sure. And I'm going to tell you, I think, what have you got to lose? You have everything to gain, you know, from our services and they cost you nothing. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty big win-win. And like I say, I can relate it to my own personal situation. I wish they had been around when I went through all the decisions I had to make. And, and I know I made some poor decisions, but again, as I said, you make the best ones you can at the time. Right. But having so someone to great. help you uh, see differently to me <clears throat> is just, it, to me, it's a gift. Now, yes, yeah. I'm with the organization, but I've been in your shoes too. Right. So, uh, give us a try. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. That is yeah. awesome. That is awesome. So I have a couple of questions before we get finished up. Um, yeah. But these are just more personal questions for you. What's the biggest lesson you learned about yourself since losing your spouse? Um, I'm pretty resilient. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a lot of courage to keep living life. And I think, you know, for me, those are the biggest things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's the courage that comes. You just didn't even know you had it. Right? Exactly. That's right. Um, and then what's one last piece of advice that you can offer for new widows who are struggling right now? Um, it kind of depends on what are they struggling with? Um, you know, if it's, I mean, generally, I would say get support, you know, get people around you who, you know, can support you and in whatever way it is that you need support. Um, and I would say you at some point, I mean, the grief journey is different for everyone, but you've got to find ways to keep living life. And I think the last thing I would say is that 
I'm going to encourage you to say yes more than you say no. And both to yourself and to others. You know, it's you don't want to shut yourself off from other people. They'll quit asking. And and I think just saying, yeah, it's scary. You and I both know that. But but don't say no to yourself. Say yes more than you say no. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, that is a good, good one. Well, I'm so glad that you came on today. I just want to thank you so much for being here and telling us about Wings for Widows. I think this organization is amazing and it is so, so needed for the widow community. It really is. Um, I'm so glad that something like this exists for widows to turn to because finances are overwhelming. Everything is overwhelming, right? And it's yes. hard to find those people that you can trust. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for all that you do and for all that they do and for being with us today and telling us about it. Um, again, can you tell everyone the uh, the website? Yeah, super easy. Wingsforwidows.org. It's all spelled out, wingsforwidows.org. And you'll, I, you'll yeah. find us there. You'll find us on Facebook at Wings for Widows. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Wings for Widows. All right. So, and you know, I really would also encourage people to get on our email list because we send out, I think, pretty informative tips and just information that you might not know. Okay. <laughs> and, yes. And definitely. So, you know, just get on our email list and, you know, just be informed, right? Right, right. And I'm going to put all of those links uh, to everything in the show notes today. So you can just click on that and easily get there and find them. So Wings for Widows everywhere. That's easy. Wow. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joanne. Thank you for being here and talking. My to pleasure, us. Jen. Really, it was my pleasure to talk with you. Been great. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Here are the takeaways from Joanne. Number one, Joanne's husband, Alan, had an accident at work and died suddenly, leaving Joanne to run their business alone. Number two, Joanne was also raising their teenage daughter alone. She says one of the biggest lessons she learned was that you have to ask for help. Number three, Joanne says she weighed several factors for her decision to move from California to Minneapolis, but the two biggest ones were finances and family. Number four, she had stayed in California for two years after Alan passed away and never really gave herself time to grieve. She told me that when she finally got to Minneapolis, she sat on her porch for like two months, just enjoying the slow pace the peace, and the quiet. Number five, Joanne says she became an observer of her own thoughts, and I love that, which was really crucial for her healing. Number six, Joanne became a board member for Wings for Widows. It's an organization that helps widows with finances. Number seven, you can find Wings for Widows at wingsforwidows.org. I'll put that link in the show notes today. Number eight, Joanne's advice for new widows is to say yes to things. Say yes to opportunities and friendships more than you say no. 
I really loved talking to Joanne. I think this is such an incredible organization and resource for widows. And um, again, I'm going to have that link in the show notes for you. So check them out if you are in need of any financial advice. They can definitely help you. Also, I just want to remind everyone that the doors are now open to the Widow Squad community. And Kim Murray, Melissa Pierce, and I, we have combined resources, experience, and all of our millions of ideas to create this amazing community for widows. And we are thrilled to see it finally happen. It's been in the works for months. And we just had our first meet and greet Zoom call last night. And I swear, I just love this group. You guys are so awesome. And we are so excited to be building this space with you, alongside you. We are adding more and more ideas, like a book club and a travel club and so much more on top of all of the resources and the guest speakers that we have each month. So if you're feeling alone, get in this group, you guys. This is the place for you. Everyone is so supportive and encouraging. Just go to widowsquad.com and sign up. That's widowsquad.com. And that link is in the show notes today. Okay, until next week, believe in the possibilities. Thank you so much for listening to Widow 180, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're seeking daily inspiration and guidance, you can follow me on Facebook at Widow 180, the community, on YouTube at Widow 180, the channel, and on Instagram at Widow 180. If you're interested in more grief and widowhood resources, including our latest freebie, How to Get Your Life Back Together After Loss, a 10-step checklist, head over to www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie.